Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life, life, life. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tip Show, everyone. I'm here with Russ Roberts. Russ, welcome. Great to be with you. Thanks much. Your book is How Adam Smith Can Change Your Life. <laughs> How is Adam doing, by the way? Well, he's doing all right. You know, he's, he wrote a book in 1776 that some people have heard of called An Inquiry into the Nature and Causes of the Wealth of Nations. Uh, so that made him famous pretty much forever. But he wrote another book that most people don't know about called The Theory of Moral Sentiments, and that's what my book's about. Did you discover Adam at some time in your life and, and, and you wanted to drive some roots back to, to this discovery? Well, I'm an economist and I you know, I read the theory, I read excuse me, I read the Wealth of Nations uh, back in graduate school, parts of it anyway. Uh, I'd never read the theory of moral sentiments. It didn't seem to be much of an economics book and Oh, a little over maybe five years ago or so, uh, Dan Klein of George Mason University suggested I interview him about the book for my podcast, Econ Talk. And I said, well, that, to myself, that's a great idea. It forced me to read the book. I started reading it, and I realized I didn't understand what he was talking about, which was slightly embarrassing. And I kept pushing on, and finally I ended up uh, falling in love with the book, and I felt it was not only were the lessons really useful in today's world, but I also felt it was nice to get the full Adam Smith out into view and not just the one that people have in mind from the Wealth of Nations, which is kind of a caricature. People see him as, as, as somebody who argued that greed is good, and he certainly did not think that was true. He uh, had a richer understanding of the virtues, and none of them included selfishness. Huh. Clearly, our roots of capitalism might be intertwined with Adam Smith. Could you explain that, that, that tie-in? Sure. A lot of people would say that The Wealth of Nations is the first economics book. It's not literally true, but it's the book that from that time period that people still read and can enjoy. He's a great writer. Smith's phenomenal. And in The Wealth of Nations, he made the case for free trade. He made the case for uh, liberty and leaving things alone most of the time. He was not an anarchist or a hardcore libertarian, but he understood that there were problems when government got involved at times, and there were times when government should be involved. He had a very realistic view of human beings. He understood that we were self-interested, not selfish, though some of us are, but in general we're self-interested. And he was interested in understanding how that self-interest turned into the modern economy, at least in his day, what was modern, and why some nations were wealthier than others, which remains, I would say, the fundamental question that most economists grapple with and are interested in. So he was a, a real pioneer, a real incredible trailblazer, really in many ways the the father not just of economics but of social science. He had broad interests in all aspects of, of human life, and uh, he wrote about them with great uh, verve and charm. What would Adam say about some of the turbulence that we've seen in this, this marketplace from your perspective? Well, a lot of people have blamed the current crisis that we're still coming out of on Adam Smith on the basis that he was a – in general, a laissez-faire kind of guy, a free market guy. And they've said, well, because if we let free markets run amok, that's how we got into the crisis. The problem with that argument is that we really don't have anything remotely like free markets, certainly in the financial sector. We've been uh, bailing out large financial 
uh, institutions since 1984, and that's encouraged people to be imprudent and reckless with their investments. It's allowed firms to use leverage in large amounts and borrow money and invest other people's money rather than their own, which they tend to, strangely enough, invest less carefully. So I don't really see uh, Smith as the uh, – uh, the cause of the crisis or his views as the cause of the crisis, but uh, some people do blame him could you explain Could you explain how uh, Adam regards unions and where we are with unions right now in today's marketplace? What do you mean by unions? You know, would he be for or against you know, labor unions with his methodology, particularly related to the, 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 the free market uh, view? I'm not sure I'd stand on that. I don't, I don't uh, you know, he was... Uh, he was generally a skeptic about the aggregation of power uh, in, in its different forms. He was skeptical about the ability of government to do its job well. I suspect he'd be skeptical about a modern union to successfully uh, represent workers or do a good job in helping the economy be, uh, be pr- people be more productive. Um, so, you know, he worried a lot about the workplace, he thought a lot about it. His deepest understandings have to do with specialization and how trade across wide distances, which we, of course, have taken to a ridiculous level compared to his time, but he was interested in how trade created the opportunity for specialization. And specialization is really is the result and the cause. It's a you know a tangled system, but it's the result and the cause of our prosperity. Our prosperity allows us to specialize, and our specialization makes us more productive, which makes us more prosperous. So it's a very virtuous circle. So he was a big fan of people choosing to specialize when they could and the power of that specialization to create prosperity. How do his theories translate into the global marketplace? Well, in his day, day, a lot of people were worried about – as they still are, they're worried about balance of payments issues. They mistakenly argued that uh, countries would lose gold if they didn't run a trade surplus, and they mistakenly thought that gold was what made countries wealthy. Gold is more a an effect of wealth, not a cause. Accumulating gold doesn't make you wealthy unless you have good things to spend it on. Accumulating green pieces of paper, keeping it all for yourself, doesn't make you rich unless you have – uh, things you could spend them on, spend that money on that's uh, reasonably priced. So he was a big uh, defender of free trade against those uh, arguments. He argued that uh, free trade was was good for both sides, and he understood that people would often rail against free trade because it was bad for them rather than bad for the country. And so he was trying to make the case that that Britain would benefit from free trade, even though certain parts of Britain might not. What kind of modeling do you think Adam Smith used to develop some of his theories? He wasn't a modeler uh, in the traditional sense of the word. He uh, he was a very bright guy. He was very educated. He knew some mathematics. But remember, he was at the very infancy of social science, which I think mm-hmm. is a plus, not a minus. Hmm. I think the, the attempts to model uh, – Human behavior in, in political science, psychology, sociology, and economics is a very mixed bag. It gives our social sciences an air of scientific uh, aspect to them that they probably don't deserve. Uh, we can't measure things nearly as precisely, and they're more complicated than many of the phenomena in the physical sciences. So he was more, I'd say, more than a modeler. He was an observer. He looked at the world around him. He 
read widely. He thought widely about phenomena, and he was uh, a brilliant man. So his insights are not the results of complicated models or theories. They're the results of careful observation and a, and a thoughtful way of expressing them. What observations on human nature do you think are really spot on and, 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 a, and, a, and a core value of, of what he offered to us? So his observations on human nature, you know, they're in both books, but uh, The Wealth of Nations is about trade generally and economic activity, which typically takes place among strangers. You know, I buy on the web. I even go down to my local grocery store. And in the modern world, I don't really – I might know the, the people who work behind the cash register, but it's not a – I don't often don't know the people who grow, grow my food, who who make the stuff that uh, that I consume or buy. And that's the world that Smith's talking about in The Wealth of Nations. In The Theory of Moral Sentiments, he's talking about the much more intimate world of our friends and our colleagues, our relatives. And in that world, he has a lot to say about human nature that's quite complex. And that's what my book is about. It's about trying to understand Smith's insights into our social interactions and their implications for today. Just to take one example, he says uh, man naturally desires not only to be loved but to be lovely. And by loved and lovely, he doesn't mean just the modern sense of the word, you know, phys- romantic or physical love or lovely being physically attractive. He meant honored. He said we want to be loved. He meant honored, respected, admired, paid attention to, praised. And by lovely, he meant praiseworthy, honorable, respectable. Uh, that he believed that what gave us deep satisfaction is not stuff, not money not things, but the respect of the people around us. And I think that remains true to this day. Hmm. What do you think Adam Smith would think of Facebook? Well, he, he, he complains about people who use what he calls the quackish arts as a way to attract attention on themselves. And certainly social media has a quackish aspect to it from time to time. If you're not careful, you can find yourself spending a lot of time uh, in the activity of self-promotion uh, and I think he would have been uh, a little bit critical of that, but he understood that it was okay to to uh, tell people about what you're up to. So I think uh, in many areas, Smith was 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 about moderation. He's saying it's okay to have money, and it's even okay to try to get money. But if you make that your focus, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to find things in your life you're going to be uh, regretful and sorry about. And uh, the same would be true, I think, with Facebook. If nothing wrong with being with communicating with people, but if you do that uh, all day long, uh, you may find yourself uh, not so happy at the end of the day. Did Adam Smith ever comment on marketing? You know, push marketing, advertisements, promotion, and how it drives success and or might hinder it. You know, I don't, I don't know if he did. Uh, he doesn't talk about it directly in the theory of moral sentiments. There might be something about it in the Wealth of Nations. But remember, he's writing in the 18th century. Mm, yeah, uh, not a lot of uh, advertising firms in those days. <laughs> but of course, there were people who cared a lot about their reputation, and he he actually has a great deal to say in his book about celebrity and the temp- temptations that we have to uh, attract attention to ourselves, and both as politicians and as say movie stars in his day, it would be actors or poets or or the nobility, which was a, you know, important in England of his time, in the United Kingdom of his time. And he had total disdain for people who uh, 
we're always looking for people to fawn over them or people mm-hmm. who fawned over nobles as a way to attract their attention and, and get their approval. So he, he, are, he really counsels against that as a way to, uh, as a way to spend your time. Hmm. What do you find most interesting about Adam Smith? Well, I think it's the complexity of the man and his thought. Uh, I think it's a shame that his reputation is that he, uh, is just about economics when he wrote this other wonderful book, which uh, you know I'm trying to get people to be aware of. Uh, the fact that he wrote a book about the wealth of nations, and then in his philosophy book talked about how destructive the quest for wealth could be fascinates me. He was a man who was comfortable financially himself. He was famous, uh, and yet he counseled against seeking fame and seeking wealth. And I think his attitude was really, uh, it's okay to have it. It's okay to be famous. It's okay to be wealthy. Just don't make it your goal because you'll be disappointed. Let's take a quick break. Back in just a minute, everyone. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point click, and it's live in real time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point click, and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, 
Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Russ, great to have you back on the show today. Thanks so much. Uh, my pleasure. <clears throat> what do you think the most important thing that Adam Smith has to say is? If, if he could choose one, one element to bestow upon us all, what do you think that might be? Well, I'm going to pick two. I'll, I'll pick one from his Wealth of Nations book and, and one from his Philosophy Morality book. Uh, on the Wealth of Nations side, I think the, the importance of, of trade – in allowing us to specialize and create prosperity, something we don't appreciate. And we often risk uh, destroying that uh, goose that lays our, the golden eggs we get to enjoy. And I think that's, uh, that's extremely important. On the morality side, uh, he has so many insights uh, into uh, the sources of serenity. Uh, I think the idea that money doesn't make us happy is a cliche. Everybody knows that. Um, we know that whoever has the most toys doesn't win. Uh, that isn't the goal of life. And yet we often forget about that. I take a number of examples from history of great thinkers who've, who've talked about the unimportance of money and creating happiness. And yet somehow we often forget that. So when we face a trade-off, say, between advancement at work or um, uh, getting some project approved or finished or making that last sales call, and we have a choice between that and, say, going to the funeral of a, of a friend or helping our kids with their homework. It's so easy on any one time to say, well, this time I'll go for, the, for the, the project and I'll talk to my kids later. And I think when you think about uh, life, it's very challenging to remember when we're in the heat of the moment. And Smith gives us a way to think about that. He talks about what he calls the impartial spectator, which is an imaginary figure he says we think of when we're trying to decide what the right thing to do is. He says we go through life, we see, uh, we get approval for the good things we do, we get disapproval for the bad things that we do from the people around us. And so when we come to make a decision, we use that history, that that uh, we go to that hard drive of experiences and we imagine someone judging us uh, who's not uh, on our side, but not against us, a person who's impartial, an impartial spectator. And I suggest in the book that that's a way we can step outside ourselves and be mindful. And it's so hard to be mindful. It's so easy to get swept up in the ego and emotions of ambition and success and fame and money and the things that are very seductive. And it's hard to remember the true importance of the smaller things. And again, it's easy to say that, uh, it's much harder to actually do it, and I think Smith gives us a way to do that with the impartial spectator. Hmm, interesting. Do you know much about his wealth or family or other influences in his life when he was he never writing? married. He never married. He grew up with his mom, lived with his mom most of his life, uh, which is you know unusual. Um, his best friend was David Hume, the great philosopher. 
Uh. He spent much of his life in Scotland, where he was born, uh, with people like David Hume, who were you know extraordinary human beings. At one point, he got a job as a tutor for the son of the Duke of Buccleu, who was a incredibly wealthy man. And that gave him some financial independence that paid well. And toward the end, and he got royalties from his books. And toward the end of his life, he was uh, named a, a customs commissioner, which is kind of ironic. Here's a guy who's uh, one of the great advocates for free trade, worrying about smugglers and, and uh, piracy, <laughs> uh, avoiding tariffs and bringing goods into, into England and Scotland. But uh, he, he was financially comfortable, I'd say, much of his life. Now, he wasn't a wealthy man. But he had he had enough money to be comfortable, and uh, he had kind of a quiet life, um, other than the time he went to Europe uh, with the 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 kid he was tutoring. He st- stayed in a was a pretty important corner of the world, Scotland at the time. But he did not have a dramatic or dynamic life. He was a teacher and an author, a scholar. Uh, it's quite an achievement, even though he only quote only wrote two books uh, that they're still talked about today. I've heard people say it's a shame he he wanted to write more. He he was a hypochondriac and often didn't feel well and I think probably uh, wished he'd been more productive toward the end of his life. But uh, I think he did okay. I think he did uh, just fine. Hmm. Where did he live in Scotland and was he a golfer? I'm not uh, sure. <laughs> it's a good question, crucial question. Um, uh, he lived – he was he was born in Kirkcaldy, a small uh, town he was in Glasgow and Edinburgh at various times. In my book, I imagine him as a, as maybe not a Scotch drinker, but at least a dispenser of Scotch uh, to his guests. As far as I know, he was not a golfer, um, and I don't, we don't know whether he actually drank Scotch or not. But uh, you know, he's he's one of the he's one of the three best things to come out of Scotland for sure. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, I'd like to hear your other two. <laughs> oh, I'd say golf and scotch, but uh, you, could argue, you could argue Robert Burns, I guess. He's, he is a nice poet. But, uh, you know, the big three for me would be uh, scotch, uh, golf, and and Smith, not in that order. <laughs> we won't ask you for the order. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, golf would definitely be third. You know, for single ball scotch and Smith, it'd be neck and neck. It'd be hard to <laughs> who to put first. Fair enough. What do you think Adam Smith would say about your book? That's a good question. Uh, you know, I've done something slightly, um, you could argue, a little bit unfair to him. I've I've taken out the good parts and and put them in my book. I've I've taken my most of my favorite quotes from the book, um, and, and I think an author is always flattered when somebody excerpts an idea or a quote, but. Uh, he probably wishes that people would read the whole thing, and I certainly encourage people to read the whole thing. You can find it online, the Library of Economics and Liberty, and read it without charge. It's uh, it, it's a it, it's a it's a challenging read, but it's uh, it, it's a great book. So that part, I think he'd be have probably mixed feelings about uh, the applications to modern life. I don't know how he'd feel. Um, you know, I think he'd probably be. I think he'd be glad. I'd, I'd be glad if my ideas anybody. I'd be glad if anybody talked about me. Three years from now, let alone uh, over two hundred, like in his in his case. So I think he, I think he'd be okay with it. Mm. Tell us who you'd like to hear from and how they can get a hold of you. Uh, well, my uh, website is russroberts.info. You know, I have a weekly podcast that uh, I interview economists and authors and other people, and I'm always uh, I'm always looking for new listeners. If anybody wants to uh, learn more economics, they, that's one place they might go. 
My uh, email address is russroberts at gmail.com. I'm always happy to hear from readers and listeners. So uh, if anybody wants to talk, I'd uh, love to hear from them. You also blog on uh, uh, as well. Um, yeah, blog at cafehayek.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm the uh, co-creator of the Kane's Hayek Rap Videos, which you can find on YouTube. So uh, wow. plenty of stuff to, to look at if you're interested. Fantastic. I want to thank you for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you. Good stuff. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Thanks for tuning in and uh, carry on with great, hopefully, prosperity and learning more about the wealth of nations, where it's gone, where it's been. Thanks to Russ. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.